Hi besties and welcome to the 20th episode of the Hafa podcast. For this one, because it's quite like a special number, I suppose, at least a round number, I, I decided I'm going to do a bit of a bolder episode. Um, Maybe not even bolder. I mean, it's definitely going to be my most vulnerable one. It's definitely going to be a very long one. So prepare for that. But yeah, this podcast does mean a lot to me and I sort of started treating it over time as a bit more a bit more like a journal not to say that it is my journal because I definitely filter the things I say to some extent because I'm sharing it with the world but I did over the past year or especially the past couple of months started really appreciating the power of vulnerability but not only amongst me and my friends which is what I've always kind of saw as a good thing and I've always try to be open with my friends but I think I just realized how much I've gained from other content creators over years and how the people I follow when they were opening up opening up about issues that they were going through hard times people that I admired and people that I thought to be role models it really made me feel understood and it really taught me a lot and I cannot be more grateful to them I sometimes literally think that YouTube has raised me some of the female creators I have been watching and they've taught me so much and helped me accept myself and understand myself better. I'm not saying that I'm anyone's role model, but I do hope to bring my little positive impact to that corner of the internet and if the things I'm going to say and talk about in this podcast episode are going to help anyone or just simply make people feel more understood, less alone and like there's I guess a light at the end of the tunnel, not to sound dramatic, but then I think it's worth it and it's worth sharing that, sharing those like more personal sides of me. So yeah, that was kind of like a lengthy way of um, introducing today's topic, which you obviously already saw, which is gonna be all about my relationship with food and my body. And I, before I get into it, I do want to make the obvious but necessary disclaimer, um, or the trigger warning, I suppose. Um, obviously, in this episode, I'm gonna be talking about topics including body image, food, as well as eating disorders. So. Maybe if you're not in the right place, um, then, you know, if you're sensitive to those topics and you think listening to this podcast episode might actually trigger some things or thoughts or behaviors, then then maybe, you know, skip this one. And remember, you can always ask for help. You know, I, I'm trusting you to assess your own relationship to that topic and be sensible about it. But I do feel like this kind of um, disclaimer is always necessary. I knew that I was going to make this episode from the day I started my podcast. It is a very big topic in, I think, everyone's lives, but especially mine. And But since then, I have been always kind of waiting for like the quote-unquote right time to do it. Because A, it's a very sensitive topic. And B, I also wanted to be in a good enough space and place, like mental space, to talk about it. So that I wouldn't come off across or I just simply wouldn't be a hypocrite. And, you know, telling me and advocating for self-love and self-acceptance and accepting your body for the way it is while still not having, like, my relationship with my body not being totally fixed and totally perfect. That's sort of the reason for which I kind of waited and postponed this episode. Plus, I also, like, knew it's going to be a huge one to tackle, um, preparing and talking about it. But I also need to feel like I need to add that I think I realized and I do not longer believe that there is such place as a perfectly healthy relationship with your body because we're just surrounded with so many, you know, things that can trigger us or so many, there's so many, so much room to, for com- comparison and body image and, you know, the way your body looks and appearance. It's such a huge topic and such a huge part of our whole culture and economy that like, it's, I think it's almost or 
I don't want to say impossible in case there is one person who does not experience that, but it's barely impossible. It's basically impossible to never question your body, to never have any issues, to never have any, um, you know, negative thoughts about it. I think it's something that we obviously do experience all of us to some extent. But so I'm coming here not because I love my body 24 seven unconditionally and I'm, I've reached this, you know, this spot where I never question myself and I never, I, I don't have any insecurities because that's not true. But I can objectively say that I have never had this healthy of a relationship with my body and food. And it simply feels like the right time to record this podcast episode. And not to mention it, like, kind of seems accurate for the 20th episode of this podcast. So to start off my story, the first memory that I can kind of associate with my body, I think, um, was around the age when I was six years old. Um, I was going to ballet classes that my parents signed me up. I probably wanted to. It, it, these were like ballet classes with so many other girls my age. I think it was the first time I was exposed to so many female female girls bodies at once and that was I think the first time I realized that there were some girls that were skinnier than me and that maybe I weighed a bit more and even though like weight didn't mean much then no one really cared about it obviously I think it's already kind of sad to realize that I back then I already had the idea that weighing less and being smaller is better I remember that I it's so it sounds so silly right now but I remember I weighed myself probably around that time and I think it was like 30 something kilograms guys can you imagine and I remember my friend still was weighing like 20 something kilograms let me repeat we were six years old or something and I already remember that my thought was why do I have a three in front of the scale and she has a two like it's you know it's not a good thing so even though it wasn't anything big if though you know it didn't give it that much thought I distinctly remember that I had those realizations at that early of an age. Um, later on, I remember, I think it was a few years later, probably was around, I don't know, let me guess, 10, 11, 12, I'm not sure. I remember that me and my friend, when she visited me, we would weigh ourselves and then we would start running up and down the stairs in my block of flats and seeing, after coming back, seeing if we lost weight, obviously, no consciousness of how, Um <laughs> burning calories works but and you know as I said it's kind of funny right but the fact that I already was doing things like that with the intent of it's better for me to lose weight it's good to lose weight it's better to have way less than more even without the attached as I said even without the corresponding thoughts of like I don't like myself because not saying that I didn't like my body how it looked I think I wasn't really conscious of that but I think the reason I'm bringing these two examples up is because we are planted with this idea so early on that we don't even realize it and overall then growing up I think I wasn't as I said like really that aware of my body obviously as I grew older probably with every year I became a bit more aware a bit more aware of it but overall it wasn't ever a big concern of mine I didn't pay much attention to it I was always also quite like a big foodie I think food was like a big part it still is like a big thing in my family and we all like to eat my parents like to cook so I was always like eating quite a lot and also I was quite short so I never really like struggled with weight but I was not like a skinny child I would say just just your normal typical child right and then which I already kind of touched upon this topic as well as other things that I'm going to be bringing up in this episode um, in my self-love and confidence journey but as I already said in that episode I didn't want to make my body and my relationship with food the main part of that 
um, episode. It was relating to something else. But yeah, in that episode, what I was aiming at is that I already mentioned that when I was around 16 and, you know, like taken with a grain of salt, I don't really remember all the ages and dates. Um, I remember it was the summer of 2017 and I was between changing schools. And I remember distinctly that that summer I began paying more attention to the way I looked for some reason. And I started checking the calorie count of all the foods I was like usually eating. And I think that's when I started creating those links in my head of what and how much I was eating, how it was affecting my body. And, you know, what foods had more calories, which foods had less calories. You know, these things that didn't really come to the forefront of my mind before but that now were becoming a thing and I was already kind of registering those numbers in my head. And I don't know how accurate it is. I don't know if there was something else that triggered it, but in my head, I do kind of associate it as the starting point for my, and this is the first time I'm saying this on the internet, um, eating disorder, which I've already kind of like hinted at it and basically said it in like 10 other ways, but I never really named it for what it was. And now I really need to stop myself from making tens of disclaimers like, oh, but I was never diagnosed with it or, you know, things like that, because it's already such a stigmatized topic that I don't want to add into it. And I would like to make the distinction because there definitely is one between having toxic thoughts about your food, uh, about your body or food, because I think most human beings do experience those from time to time and an actual eating disorder because as I said, whilst most of us do have those thoughts, those kind of toxic thoughts, people who have eating disorders continuously act upon these thoughts and actually implement harmful behaviors into their life. And, you know, it's obviously a very sensitive topic, as I said, to me personally, and in general to a lot of people, I guess. And despite not being ashamed of it or scared to talk about it, because as I said, like I'm quite, I'm okay with being vulnerable and opening up within my story I don't really want to go into details about numbers about specific things relating to my eating disorder because I think it wouldn't serve anything it wouldn't serve a purpose and it's not the point of the story but it is definitely an essential part that a lot of my realizations later are came later on came from and it's obviously kind of impossible for me to omit it while telling my story yes so these were all the little disclaimers I felt like I had to put out just to circle back plainly put for the next two slash three years, I would like to say, I was very much struggling with an eating disorder. I developed an incredibly toxic and a restrictive relationship with food, which, you know, obviously spiraled, spiraled into hating my body and constantly wanting to change it and improve it and never being satisfied with it. And overall, my body and food being the main focus of my life and the defining feature of that period of my life. It's very sad, but when I think about high school, Besides all the good memories and, you know, different memories I've had meeting so many new people and changing, it does come as one of the main blocks of my high school existence, I would like to say. Because obviously, eating disorder is a mental illness and it's something that, you know, you cannot just escape from because you're having fun in other parts of your life. It's something that's always going to come back and it's going to be defining for a lot of other parts of your life as well. Because it changes you as a person and changes how you interact with other people and how you behave, and how you think. And because in high school, I would go between periods of, you know, restrictive eating, and then trying to kind of fight that, and trying to eat normally, or simply, quote unquote, I know it sounds 
bad, but like giving up at restricting. That's at least how I perceived it at the time. I saw myself as almost too weak for an eating disorder, which I know is a sick thought. And I'm just saying how I felt at that time, which is absolutely no how I, not how I feel right now. And because of that, I never really lost like a substantive amount of weight so that like everyone noticed I was never actually underweight. I was always within the normal BMI. That's why I'm trying to like reiterate that the way your body looks or how much you weighed or what's your BMI is not absolutely not a determinant of an eating disorder. There can be people who are overweight and have an eating disorder. There can be people who are underweight but do not have an eating disorder. There, it's a spectrum and as I saying, like how someone's body looks is absolutely not telling you anything about whether they have an eating disorder in most cases. So that's why it's also very harmful to judge people based on how they look and and say, for example, that someone looks like they have anorexia because that can also be very offensive and hurtful to some people. Because eating disorder, once again, it's it's not low BMI. It's, you know, it's a mental illness which does not correspond to your physical form. But obviously now that I'm looking back on it, even though I didn't really perceive myself while I was in it, that I had an eating disorder. Now I do know that I had an eating disorder just because I know how restrictive I was with my food, how I would count my calories and do all those, you know, things and how much I hated my body and wanted to change it. Like it's quite an obvious thing to me, to me but it's just so weird to realize that I didn't at that time even acknowledge that fully, I think. And I also think it's a case for a lot of people actually going through a lot of like eating disorders because they... It's a very complex illness, I would like to say. It's a very complex thing. And I don't want to go too much into detail into that because that's not the focus of this episode. But um, yeah, I think the topic is still very stigmatized, as I said, and needs to be given a lot of sensitivity. And there should be more debate, I think, around it. Obviously, sensible debate, but I think people still cannot really talk about it. And I cannot really put a f- my finger on like what caused it because I think in my case it it was not one of the reasons that people often bring up. I've often heard stories about um people having like being body shamed when they were younger or their parents being over controlling in their life and that kind of being their coping mechanism. I never experienced either of these things. Um, so it was kind of hard for me to pinpoint that, but I think if I were to guess, <laughs> like a self-assessment, I think it was kind of a way of exerting self-control over myself, as I do have these, I don't want to say controlling tendencies, but towards myself, I may have a little bit, like I'm very strict myself, and kind of like, sometimes I feel like I can have like a little bit of an obsessive personality, so that's not a good mix, bestie, that's not a good mix when it comes to um those sorts of topics, and I personally think that One of the worst things about an eating disorder is that you cannot really talk to your friends or parents about it. I don't want to compare it to other, you know, illnesses, but like if you have depression, you can be open about it. And I think people, people's reaction would definitely be different to you telling, for example, someone that like you're not eating enough calories and you have an eating disorder. That's something that would exert like quite a different reaction from people. And it's often a very secretive thing that people obviously don't admit to having and don't tell people about. And that makes you feel so isolated. Like, so I cannot even explain because you're going through so many things in your head. Like, there's so many thoughts, repetitive thoughts about food and your body going on in your head. And it basically determines your whole life at that time. And yet you cannot even share it with the closest people in your life, even though it's bringing you down so much. So that's, I think, the most sad part about it. And I would talk about it with some people. There were like 
a couple of girls who I've shared it with or even girls that I've bonded over this with like us having a past of eating disorders or us having eating disorders while we were having eating disorders but to be age I don't think it had a great impact on me not because these conversations with these girls were malintentioned or they wanted to make me feel bad about myself and I definitely 100% do not blame any of them because I feel like I might have made them feel the same way but I think because eating disorders are unfortunately very competitive in a way a lot of things are certain around numbers and comparison between your body and bodies of other people and habits and habits of other people and how much other people are eating or exercising it can be very difficult and tricky to talk about it with someone in a way that doesn't make you want to be better in that way obviously this is paraphrasing like be better as in like you know eat less or work out more or lose more weight so even though on one hand it was very you know relieving to talk about it like I remember it just felt like weighing this like taking this huge weight off of my shoulders and finally sharing it with someone and not keeping it such a huge secret within myself it made me feel less alone but it usually caused a relapse or like we both caused each other to have like mutually reinforcing toxic behaviors. I remember this one situation when I went to Canada for um, my summer camp. It was like a summer English camp and I didn't really make a lot of friends but I remember there was this one girl who I've met like one week into it and we kind of talked a little bit and then I think I brought something up very loosely about having some e- like issues with food and eating and she kind of picked the you know picked picked up on it and it turned out that like we were both kind of going through the same exact thing at the same time and that became like a huge 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 bonding thing for us which we obviously talked about other things as well and it made made us feel a lot closer because we were we understood each other on a level that a lot of people did not but it did make me go into a very competitive mode like I that was the probably the period of my life that I restricted myself most while I was on that trip because I was constantly talking to her about it and that was also when I lost the most weight like again like nothing drastic um but I remember like after coming back from that trip I was just I didn't you know that was my lowest weight probably from what I can remember and yeah that's an example showing how just how difficult the situation is because as I said on one hand you want to share it you want to get it off of your chest but on the other it can do more harm than good I feel like and then moving on to kind of the next part of this story because I don't want to fixate too much on that as I also mentioned in my previous episode I started going to therapy in my second year of high school I was always very self-aware person and I was aware that I was harming myself through that and that I genuinely like a big part of me wanted to get better and wanted to get out of it and build a healthy relationship with myself my body with food and just live normally um I just didn't know how to do it by myself and I'm very happy and proud of myself that I did ask for help so early on even though I was like deep into my struggle with food and I don't want to say that therapy fixed everything because it didn't or it definitely didn't fix everything at once but it definitely helped a lot knowing that there is at least one adult person who I have made aware of this issue it also really helped me for her to notice patterns in my behaviors and what was causing for example relapses or what was causing me to have like a spiral of negative thoughts about my body because it obviously doesn't stem from anything having an eating disorder is not just about wanting to lose weight it's never just about wanting to lose weight it's something else and it's usually certain behaviors can be triggered by certain situations or people or thoughts and I kept on going to therapy and I think around third class of high school I was 
I suppose, 18. Um, my relationship started getting better slowly and I really felt like I was progressing and developing a better, healthier relationship with food. Um, but of course, there were still, you know, small relapses or just instances when I was doing okay with food 80% of the time and would eat normally, but then it would be restrictive at the other 20%, which was definitely still not perfect, but I did, was making huge improvements and I felt much more free in that regard. And, you know, I could see that there is, again, light at the end of the tunnel. And then quarantine happened. That's probably a part of so many stories and will be for many years to come. Quarantine happened and I had all this time on my hands and was not going to high school and spending, you know, basically all my living and breathing time studying and being in the libraries. Some things changed in my reality, some circumstances to my existence changed basically in my normal routines as they did for everyone. The things that I distinctly remember that changed during lockdown and quarantine, um, first of all, I started baking a lot and cooking, you know, as I said, like had a lot of time on my hands and I always loved baking. Um, and now I had all this time to experiment with new recipes, make time-consuming recipes like cinnamon roll. And I was just enjoying it. I remember for the first time in a long while, like making stuff for my family and, you know, going to the grocery store. That was the most exciting activity, um, experimenting with new recipes. And the second thing that happened was that I started working out more intensely. Um, I was never big into working out. The only reason I did it was because I wanted to, like, look different way but I also hated working out like you know home workouts I just despised them which to be honest I still do like to this day I don't think it's I'm made for that um but I remember in quarantine I think a lot of you also maybe like were involved in that trend I suppose was the Chloe Ting challenge everyone was doing Chloe Ting everyone was getting shredded um and you know I also had a lot of time on my hands so I started working out as well quite regularly, um, as well as running. Running was something that I definitely picked up even more than working out. And running was also, I never really before was a runner. That was the first time I started considering myself as one and like actually being able to talk about as in like that's something I'm doing. Um, and I was I would run like two days in, in, in a row and then take one day break and then run three days in a row. And it was just so, again, like it was so freeing to run. My motivation to run was because I wanted to get outside rather than lose weight. I would go to like it would just be like a meditation and I really found a passion for running at that time I remember it was it was bringing me so much joy and also just you know seeing my progress with my like scores and distance and I was running faster and I could go on for longer and it was just very exciting to me and the third thing that changed over that period of time was that I started intermittent fasting which now I have to feel like disclaim that it's quite like a gray area for me and I still am unsure about my motivation for it at that time because you know I'm saying like I definitely made a lot of progress and I was doing well with food at that time but it was still not where I am at now at that point and I definitely think that to some extent I liked it and it, it brought me a lot of peace of my mind. Now that I'm looking back on it I think it might have been to some extent like a quote-unquote healthier restrictive behavior which I know sounds contradictive, but like it wasn't unhealthy to the point that I was, you know, under eating or anything like that. But as it was definitely stemming not only from like health concerns or like wanting to do it for my own well-being. But there were some probably underlying motivations behind it about, you know, losing weight or just kind of restrict myself a little bit. Um, and I don't want to I don't mean to bash intermittent fasting. I think it works for a lot of people and I think it can be very healthy. And I do see a lot of pros in it. And I sometimes miss it, kind of. But um, yeah, that was just my case. 
the good thing about inter- inter- intermittent fasting, which I think <laughs> I didn't acknowledge what it is even. Um, so intermittent fasting is basically when for a certain amount of hours, and that can range from like 12 to 16, up to like 18 or 20, but that's like more extreme cases. Uh, you don't eat, so you fast. So that basically means you have like an eating window. So I think the most common one is um, six, the 16-8 intermittent fasting. So you eat for eight hours your eight hours, your, sorry, eating window is eight hours and you fast for 16. So for example, you eat your breakfast at 10 and then you eat throughout the day, like all of your meals and all of your like caloric intake is within the next eight hours. And then at 6 p.m. you stop eating. Um, and it's not about not eating enough, but it's about eating within that time period and then letting your kind of digestive system rest, I suppose. And because I was doing that and because I was not, you know, snacking at night, like I usually was before, because I was not, you know, I, I had like a smaller window for time frame to eat I felt like I was I, that was the first time I became more comfortable with eating bigger portions because if I was eating for the whole day then I would feel like I would have to you know kind of spread out my food intake however bad that sounds but because I knew that like oh I'm not going to be eating past 6 p.m then I can have this really big dinners that will keep me satiated till like next morning because I didn't want to be really hungry right I wouldn't even worry that much about like gaining weight because of it because that was obviously like a huge concern for me always before when I had an eating disorder about like you know this food will make me gain weight like literally so many things I was so paranoid that they're gonna make me gain weight I think fear was a big thing that propelled my eating disorder and a lot of people's eating disorders but I remember I was really into intermittent fasting at the time but as I said um I'm not doing it anymore actually I stopped doing it like a long time ago because I just thought like I just didn't stopped enjoying it and it stopped bringing me any merit and I eat whenever I want now like more intuitively but I'll get to it later so now the next I guess stage of my life was university I went to university in September of 2020 and I think that was actually when I stopped intermittent fasting because like I was intermittent fasting all the way from quarantine till through summer until I actually went to London and at this point I want to say that like when I went to university I had a pretty good relationship with food I want to say even though it was good at that time over time as I you know started living on my own I think it improved even more um, in my first year the first thing is that I was cooking for myself I felt like I had like complete control in that regard of like what I was eating because before I was always very anxious about people cooking for me or having to eat at times that people or like my family wanted to eat with me because you know I had my own ideas about what what I wanted to and when I wanted to eat you know that's not good obviously because you should be adjustable to other people and being in a family requires kind of compromise um but when it comes to food because it was such a sensitive topic to me I really enjoyed the fact that I could eat however I wanted whenever I wanted and how much I wanted and no one would be aware you know no one would notice if I ate too much or too little like that was all up to me and I just felt very independent on in that matter so that gave me that kind of freedom of thought I would like to say but another thing was that like because I was living by myself and no one you know it was obviously no one was overseeing my food behaviors or like my eating patterns I felt like I was the one responsible to for keeping myself healthy and eating enough and eating enough of nutritious food because if I would you know, if I would eat like shit, then I would be the one having issues and I would have, I would be the one having to deal with that, not my parents. So the responsibility kind of shifted from their hands to my hands. And I felt like I have to take care of myself and I have to keep myself healthy. And again, at that point, still my relationship with food was not ideal, 
there was a lot of preconceived ideas from my eating disorder days about, you know, good foods versus bad foods or counting calories. But I think at that point, I was not acting upon these thoughts anymore, which, as I said before, was what is this is literally what makes the distinction between having an eating disorder and not having one. I was doing good with food and overall this is an additional point but like there's so much good food in London and like the so much like food is such a big part of our culture and there was less as well as social life and there were so many evenings where I would just you know go and meet up with my friends and then go to the park at night and then eat pizza when we were drunk at midnight or just order in because we were feeling lazy or just you know getting lunch with your friends or having some snacks while you're studying like there's so much Food is such a huge part of that, like your uni experience, I think, especially. And there's also like so many interesting like places to try out, like dinner places and brunches and like all of these things that are associated with food, but in such a positive way. I want to say like there, food is just so exciting in London, which I think was not that big of a case in when I was living at home because, you know, it was just food that I was repeatedly eating at home and there were not even that many restaurants back in my city because it's not a big city. But here I, here I had all this variety, plus like veganism, which fortunately, like veganism, I, I haven't brought it up before because I don't feel like it, it's a big part of my relationship with food. It's I'm vegan for completely different reasons. It's more ethical slash environmental, but like mostly ethical for me. And it was never a restrictive thing for me. I just simply do not enjoy eating meat or dairy products. But because I'm vegan, like being in London was a huge difference because there's just, there's vegan options everywhere. So that was, I just wanted to try, to try out so many things. And I was also being quite active, like I was running and sometimes working out, but it wasn't like, I wasn't that active as I was in quarantine, you know? So I think that's like kind of how my first year of uni went, um, food-wise. As I said, being in a good spot, progressing slowly, kind of, you know, unwinding all the patterns, thought patterns and unlearning things that I have been so ingrained that in my head for like so many years. Um, but I definitely felt the most free when it comes to food. And now I want to get to another part of the story, which is more of like a recent thing. So at the end of 2021, it's like last year, basically, I don't know why I said it so formally, um, over like Christmas time and before Christmas, I was eating out quite a lot. I was going to a lot of dinners from what I can remember. Um, and I definitely, again, like I was feeling more free with food, possibly like every single month, like since I came to uni, like, as I said, like it was a long road, but every, I feel like with every passing month, I would almost like unlock another level and be, you know, be made able, like trying foods that I, you know, always thought like, oh, I will never eat that because it has too many calories or it's too calorie dense, stuff like that. So basically what I'm trying to say is that over that time, as well as when I went home for Christmas, I gained, I think, some weight. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not sure. I am quite sure from the way I, rem from what I remember, from the way I looked, but I, I don't weigh myself anymore. I have not weighed myself in like years and I don't intend to. And I was feeling okay about it. I was feeling good in my body. But when I came um, to London from Christmas, like I came back from Christmas break in January this year, I did kind of notice that like more distinctively and it didn't, it wasn't like a huge thing. Uh, as in it didn't really make me change my relationship to my body because it was like well established at that point. But I started feeling a bit more sloppy because I also stopped exercising for like a few months and I just wanted to tone up and feel better in my skin because I usually just, you know, 
I just feel better when I'm at like a stable weight, which for example, like I'm at now. Plus like, you know, stuff like, I don't know, clothes fitting better, you know, not having to worry about your jeans being too tight and having to buy a new pair. Like that's kind of like a hassle. And I also have to acknowledge that I personally see no personally see no harm in wanting to lose weight as long as it's done in a healthy manner, as well as the motivation behind it. Because my motivation was not to look better and be skinnier and reach a certain weight. I simply just wanted to feel better in my body. And I did not feel like ugly and like it was I had to lose weight. It was just I knew that I wanted to tone up a bit. So because of that, as you probably know, because I talk about it a lot on my YouTube channel, I signed up for um, gym in January, which was the first time ever that I've tried gym. I know I was quite late to the party. Um, and I actually fell in love with working out at the gym at the beginning. This is like not really the case now, but at the beginning, I would go literally five times a week um, and I would be so motivated. Gym got me so excited, which I think is quite maybe like a common thing at the beginning because you're also seeing results quite quickly. Um, but gym was also was just so fun for me at that time. The reason I'm also bringing this up is because is started I think that kind of point so like you know starting going to the gym started a period of my life which you know is lasting till now I would say when I was working out the most I have ever been in my life like this regularly that frequently that for that long because gym sessions are usually like minimum an hour up to like an hour and a half whereas my like home workouts are usually like 30 minutes to be age and that's also the period of my life when I'm eating the most I have ever been eating like this year for example obviously it's because you know when you burn a lot of calories when I'm you know go to the gym in the morning I'm just so hungry during the day so I need to eat a lot to replenish those energy stores <laughs> what's nice to notice about it all is that like my, my focus when it comes to exercise shifted from before exercise for me was only about losing fat and getting abs or whatever some kind of shit reason now I actually wanted to build my build up my strength and muscles and flexibility and I remember that when I was like in a toxic place with my body before, like in high school, whenever someone would mention that, like, oh, yeah, I started going to the gym, not because I wanted to lose weight, but because I wanted to get stronger. I always thought that's like these people were lying and that like that's just something they say to cover up and they're not being honest. But now I generally do get it, like the motivation and be because before, basically, there was nothing appealing to me about being strong, which sounds so dumb, right? But the only thing that would be appealing to me is looking prettier, slimmer and thinner. Whereas now that focus is completely changed. It's just this, I think, when it comes to like gym and, you know, working out in general, which is, again, not the focus of this episode, but I do want to bring it up. Is this like undescribable feeling of like accomplishment, accomplishment and satisfaction from being like able to physically do things you couldn't do before? Like I guys like I can I'm able to do one pull up like a fucking pull up like I was never able to do that in my life ever nor did I think that I was that was feasible for me after just like a few months of going to the gym or like I'm comfortable with doing like 10 to 20 push ups right now or holding a plank for a minute whereas I remember that when I started working out or like a few years ago working out at home I hated it so much because I was just like such a struggle and like most exercises I was just unable to do because I didn't have the muscle for that and in a way it just makes you feel I don't know how to describe it again it just kind of makes you feel like powerful and able but as I said I do want to make a separate episode on my relationship to exercise and working out um, so I won't go too much into details with that right now but basically the reason I again like brought up the gym it's because 
this change in my life, like, I guess, routine change, a change to my routines, was so crucial to me because probably for the first time ever, I started seeing food as fuel rather than calories. Again, for the first time ever, and I'm I'm repeating this because it's, again, like, quite a recent comparably to like you know my lifespan or comparably to like how long this whole thing has been going on this is quite a recent revelation is that like for the first time ever i'm eating i'm excited to eat eat large portions of food i started eating foods i previously would never allow myself to buy like you know things like buying a whole package of cookies because i always thought like cookies are too calorie dense and even if I was like, you know, eating enough, I always wanted to, oh, I always just thought like, oh, I'm not going to eat this cookie. I'm going to eat like rice cakes with, I don't know, hummus because I do like rice cakes with hummus. Okay. But like, you know, I would eat more more food that would, you know, fill me more rather than eating this one cookie. But like cookies are fucking good. They're, del- they're delicious. And why would you not eat them? Right. I started ordering desserts when I would go to a restaurant, even after like a full big meal or or peanut butter and just eating it with a spoon because I feel like it or now I get such big lunches and have dessert afterwards because I always feel like having dessert because I have such a big sweet tooth and I know this may sound weird or just odd to you to those of you who have never thankfully struggled with an eating disorder but like you don't even realize how liberating it is to break these deeply ingrained restrictive rules that you had for yourself about what you can and cannot eat and what will make you fat and what you what is a food for what is a healthy food it's all those things that like even when you when you're not in that place anymore life-wise like i was not acting on these toxic thoughts for years but this is something different this is now i'm in a period of my life where i just appreciate food on a different level and have a completely 180 different relationship with it than i had before and so because i was exercising the, a lot especially at that time like when it all started my gym story um i started eating a lot more foods as i said this food that is like higher in calories and more calorie dense i was not only not having to worry about gaining weight but i was also actually seeing my body change into the di- direction i wanted i was becoming more toned and muscly and lean rather than just like skinny and losing belly fat whatever that means so that was like a breaking point in my like thought patterns because for the first time I believed that it was possible to both you know enjoy food to the extent that you want like literally I don't restrict myself in any way like if I feel like having a burger or a huge dinner even though I had a big lunch I'm gonna have it if I feel like having you know a smoothie for breakfast because I'm not that hungry I will have it like there's no restriction to my ways of eating and it's just so liberating and it's even better because it's kind of linked to me being happy about my body and me liking how it looks and seeing improvements like becoming more muscly and as I said toned and it's just both of those good things happening at the same time which I always saw as contradicting that's what I'm trying to say it's such a the reason for what it's such a big thought shift in my brain yeah that's pretty much I would say like to say where I'm at right now as I said like food food makes me very happy and I draw so much enjoyment from it every single day as I said, still quite a recent thing for me to enjoy to that extent and to be able to enjoy fully with no guilt. And I'm just very proud of the way I've come. I remember when I went to Porto this year, it was like middle of February of this year. In Porto, I was literally eating like pastries and pasta and risottos only. Um, We were walking quite a bit, but like... I would just be eating whatever I felt like eating, like all the most delicious foods because I was traveling. 
I, I just had this realization that like I would absolutely not be able to eat that much as I did and the types of foods that I did, all the pastries and all the sweets like a few years before because a lot, like a lot of even my trips, the way I remember them is that I was unhappy about myself or that I was restricting myself and was not able to order the things, you know, the local cuisine to try it out because, you know, pasta has a lot of calories, whatever. And on that trip, I was just, I was also bloated all the time, which is just, it made it even worse for me to just eat carbs. But I was just literally like, I don't give a shit. Like, I just want to try everything that Portugal has to offer. And I'm not going to worry about it because I know that I can trust my body. And I know that once I go back and I go back to my routines, it will just naturally bounce back. And there's, I'm not going to suddenly gain weight from like a three day holiday. And yeah, in, in general, like in regards to my body, I've just grown so more so confident in it and I do appreciate it and respect it so much more than it used to than I used to I started trusting it more and I trust that it knows best what's good for me I started focusing more on the cues that it's giving me and the messages it's kind of sending to me like how much I want to eat how much when to eat when I feel like eating when I don't feel like eating I know it may sound absurd to some of you for sure and for sure for some people who are listening to it it's definitely quite like weird to hear even like how like those kind of thoughts affect you if you've never experienced them to that extent especially but it is a big thing and I think probably more of you than I can even suspect do relate to that because it's actually absurd and terrifying and very deeply saddening how many girls especially um I don't want to like gender this (laughs) eating disorders but um it is mm, to a large extent statistically an issue affecting um, young girls but obviously like everyone regardless of age gender can struggle with it and I also definitely want to say that like my body confidence that I have right now also came from the fact that I'm more confident in general about my character and personality because these two things go hand in hand like these these are so inherently linked Like, as I said, when I started going to therapy, I think that's when I realized it because I think it's pretty much impossible to, for example, be happy about your body but hate your personality or the other way around, like, hate your body but love yourself. Like, that's impossible. Loving yourself comes from all directions and in all spheres of your life. And once I started feeling, especially, like, for example, in university, like, when I fully grew into my personality and became confident in the type of person I am and with expressing my opinions and I started feeling more likable by people it also just came with a lot of confidence and appreciation for my body I know it sounds weird but as I said like these two things are definitely linked and I think that kind of wraps up the the major part of this episode which is you know my kind of story with how my relationship with food and food and my body changed and evolved over time but there are like also some other topics like side topics that I would like to mention so first thing is that like as I said at the beginning of the podcast my relationship with my body is not perfect like there are still even after all of these things I've said right there are still some traces of toxic thoughts or behaviors on my side when it comes to food or my body for example a thing that I still I don't want to say struggle against because it doesn't really change much for me, but it's just like a habit that I cannot get rid of that I know stems from my like eating disorder days is body checking. It's something that I just keep on doing and I kind of grown so used to doing it over years that I, you know, it's just kind of like a no brainer to me at that point. But I also know that's not like a normal thing to do regularly. So I am trying to like work on it and do it less at least. So that's just like an example that I wanted to give Oslin, like 
I definitely do not have like a hundred percent perfect polished relationship with food and I don't think I'll ever have and as I said I don't think ever anyone ever will have but then anytime any type of toxic even like the smallest toxic thought arises I get reminded that being skinny will not and has never made me make me happy and it's so absurd because I when I was in my eating disorder days I was obviously like skinny I was skinnier than I am now and I was probably the skinniest I have ever been and yet I felt fat I felt like that looked ugly I felt that I had to lose weight and that I didn't look good enough and I definitely did not like myself or was happy you know even though I was a few kilograms skinnier than I am now and I'm at my happiest basically right now I think another thing is that I started appreciating different body types I used to think before that there is just one desirable beautiful female body type that being obviously skinny having a snatched waist and a thigh gap and you know poking rib cage and collarbones and a very thin looking face and tall and lean you know sort of like a k-pop idols i think like female k-pop idols are kind of like the embodiment of the ideal quote-unquote obviously ideal body type that our society glorifies and puts on a pedestal which is so so toxic because these girls often do actually under eat or, or they're put on such restrictive diets to look the way they look and it's just absurd that we're believed to for that to be the ideal and for that to be something of a goal to us it's just very sad i think to me and obviously i'm not saying that like i don't like that body type anymore and that i think skinny people do not look good obviously um but i came to learn that there's beauty in diversity when it comes to different body types that kind of realization is very important to me because i never had that body type i never had a very flat stomach and i never had a thigh gap and some people have it naturally and they will eat the same amount as I do, and they will look very differently for me. And that's because of their metabolism, body composition, and biology, or genes. There's a lot of things coming into the way your body looks, not just the food you're eating. And I feel like I've always, as I said, like, I don't want to say I had more curves, but because I still consider myself more on, like, the skinnier side, but... But, you know, like, I tend to gain weight quickly on my stomach. And, as I said, like, never had a flat stomach or never had a thigh gap. And unless I restrict myself in an unhealthy way, I'm not gonna ever have a thigh gap, probably. And I don't even want one. And now I'm also appreciating for the first time again, like, that kind of more of, like, a feminine silhouette. So (laughs) I appreciate the fact that, I don't know, like, I have boobs or that I, like, I'm learning to learn, like, notice the good parts about my body and things that, like, make me different from other people because I just have to accept that I'll never achieve that stereotypically quote-unquote perfect body obviously there is no such thing as a perfect body type but something that is perceived by our society as the ideal and freeing myself from that aspiration that was always at the back of my head as in like oh I will get there one day you know once I work out enough once I eat little enough I will get there finally I'll be the skinny girl But I never will be if I want to keep my healthy relationship with food, which is something I definitely do want to keep. So I just started to love myself the way I look. I just I'm just living in tune with it and listening to what it tells me. It has made me feeling so great physically. I just feel so healthy and so strong and so confident in my own skin that it's just uh, it's just indescribable. Like I'm literally having chills saying that. I also want to mention um, bloating, which obviously is very related to like the topic of today's episode. And I think bloating is something that we do not talk about enough. 
it's very rarely mentioned and I've honestly have not really heard a lot of people talking about it. I think it's very easy to dismiss bloating as something that's like insignificant just because you're not actually gaining weight and you know it's just temporary by nature but I think people don't realize how much it can affect you and your self-perception and I know it's not only the case for me but a lot of my friends who I've brought up this topic with especially like you know if you had a past of eating disorders and your perception like your self-perception is already kind of like skewed I experienced like quite bad PMS slash period bloating and it can literally be like five to seven days of me looking like I'm I've gained like three to five kilograms like I'm just like my my stomach is just very like out there and I just don't feel comfortable physically um even if there's like no change to my diet whatsoever or like my exercise my routine it just happens because your body retains water like I don't know don't ask me there's a lot of like biological reasons for it but I have never really read into it and even though I like I know it's not my fault or whatever it's not that I did change something it's just a matter of biology and like the functionings of my body it's still like sometimes messes with my self-perception and can make me feel like insecure or uncomfortable for the period of time that like I'm bloated I'm just gonna say like I still haven't found a great way to cope with it besides like reminding yourself that it's not permanent and it's not gonna last so if any of you have tips for it, how to cope with it mentally, just please share. Like, um, because it genuinely, it's not even only about like I don't know, looking like you're gain weight. It's also about just this uncomfortable feeling. Even if you like you're hungry, you kind of feel like you're full. I don't know. It's just weird. And besides like period bloating, there's also the natural phenomenon of your body looking different at different times of the day. Because obviously, if we wake up and we're you know morning skinny but then we eat breakfast and we get some food into our stomach we won't be looking morning skinny anymore and the fact that I even have to like acknowledge that that we have to acknowledge that it's kind of it's it's sad but on the other hand we do not talk about it enough and for example there's this great model um and an instagram influencer i suppose who i want to shout out she's called ambar like a-m-b-a-r uh, d-r-i-s-c-o-l-l that was a hard spelling exercise for me um she's actually casper lee's girlfriend i don't know if you remember her um and i found her through him i think but like now i only follow her and basically yeah as i said like she's a model but she also um posts a lot of pictures and videos of her how her body changes through the day and how like some of the pictures she takes at one moment but like when one she like poses and tenses and she makes her body look like you know the bodies of people we see on instagram like the models or then she'll post a picture next to it in which she's like not flexing her muscles in which she's just standing like a fucking normal human being and she just looks like me or you know it just it's kind of absurd on one hand again that like this is something unusual rather than the norm but i still like 2020 2022 and I still have not seen many like girl influencers or like models you know with large following posting this type of content and her like posts whenever she uploads them they just make me feel so much better about myself they make me feel a lot more like comforted and like it's not you know because it's just so absurd how like Instagram even though we all well we we all know that it's fake it's not like anyone's lying to themselves right like we know that these people do not look like that a hundred percent of the time or like even most of the time and that like a picture is just a pose and you can literally make your body look however you want to even with photoshop even though we know all of these things we still compare ourselves to these unrealistic or even non-existent bodies to some extent um if they've been like for example photoshopped or auto-tuned whatever 
So I very much appreciate the realness that she portrays and just how honest she is about just showing those pictures in which she looks quote-unquote not flattering or like, you know, it's something that you wouldn't maybe think of posting because it's not your like best-looking picture in which in which you're like sucking in your stomach and posing so that you have a thigh gap, you know, all of those things. Um, so I do definitely would recommend like checking out her Instagram and looking through her posts and she's just very inspiring and she talks a lot about all of those topics that I've been already like mentioning but yeah that was just a side note to be honest despite everything I've said or not even despite because it I feel like it doesn't really contradict itself but another thing I would like to mention <laughs> the way I titled this subsection is body dysmorphia vibes um now I don't mean body dysmorphia in a literal sense because it's again like it's an actual mental illness with a lot of other symptoms than just you know not really being able to see your body for what it is I guess um or like disliking your body but again like I feel like a lot of people who have dealt with eating disorders in their past struggle with it um even after they're like fully recovered and even if they're just as me like in a good place with their body I think because we're just so used to paying so much attention to our body that we have been in the past and depicting every single detail and part about it and looking at it so much in the mirror I feel like because of that I don't really have an accurate perception of my body like I will literally look at myself and think that nothing changed when I for example gained weight or suddenly I will think that I look fat and I look exactly the same as I did like a month ago and nothing changed like that's sometimes how weird my self-image is in the mirror I literally I, I like to joke about it right and I just see I do not perceive myself but as literally quite accurate like I don't know how I look sometimes and I don't know if what I'm seeing is fully true. It's very hard to put a finger on it and explain it in a way that like you will understand it. But I think if you've ever been through it, you will get what I mean. And it's again, like it's nothing serious. Like, don't worry about it. But yeah, I just feel like it's some of the like still things that have remained. I don't know if my, you know, my self-perception is just kind of fucked for life now. Or is it ever going to be like normal? The same as for a person who have never experienced eating disorder past, but you know, it's not a major concern on of its of on itself. On of itself? Never mind. Just circling back to the topic one last time. Just because I am recovered now and I, I, and I do not have an eating disorder doesn't mean I just simply forgot about everything that I was thinking then before. And I think, for example, once you make yourself, I don't know, like aware of calorie labels and like what food has how much calories, you cannot just turn it off. In your head, once you recover and once you start eating more and once you, you know, develop a healthy relationship with your body, it's not like suddenly there's a blank in my memory. Like, I am aware of how many calories are there in a banana or a piece of cake. Like, and I, I would like, I would prefer not knowing because there's no point to it. But I, you know, it still is in my head. And I think I know that it's a case for a lot of people who have struggled with anything different in the past. But again, it's just a matter of not doing anything with that knowledge and not letting it affect your food choices and things like that. The last thing I would like to mention is that while I think loving yourself and loving your body is a great thing, it's also something that's being very much advertised at us, if I may say so, and which has been brought up in a lot of conversations on around body image, that body neutrality should be the goal. Um, body neutrality simply just being... 
maybe not indifferent to your body because you can never be indifferent to it but like not putting paying that much attention to it and not making the center it the center of your focus and just kind of letting it be however it looks on a given day whether it looks bloated or not bloated just not really giving it much thought and care because I feel like there's a lot of pressure from media or just like our surroundings basically to love your body and to embrace it and while I obviously like as I said like I think it's a good thing I also think that setting is setting like I don't know loving your body as the goal can be rather debilitating especially for people who are like very far from that and it just puts again like it puts focus and the emphasis on your body again even though on like a different way right rather than hating your body loving your body but it again it makes body like the center of attention kind of in a way and I think rather than that we should focus on loving ourselves from within for our character personality and hobbies and interests and opinions and working on developing these rather than our bodies and ideally just shift the attention away from our physical you know forms and just seeing them more like more as vessels that enable us to live and enjoy our lives not just you know something that's meant they're like they're for aesthetic because it's not meant to be flawless and it's not meant to fit into a certain mold and it never will probably yeah i think i don't have the capacity to talk about anything else i don't really have a concluding thought to this whole debate um, or this whole mental train thought process. Um, but I do hope that you found some comfort in it this episode. And I'm very glad that I share my story. And it just feels good to kind of lift that weight off of my shoulders and just put it out there. And yeah, so thank you very much for watching. I know it was a lot. This episode was a lot. You know, the name of the podcast episode is not Heartfelt for no reason, you know? Um, so yeah, on that, I will end this episode again. And thank you so much for listening and supporting me and even allowing me this space and sphere on the internet to express myself in such a free way and make it just makes me feel really liberated and understood and heard. So yeah, I love you all and have a good night or good day whenever you listen to this. Kisses.